0: What's up, everyone? On our play for today, we pour one out for Pixel Opus. Where do Arcane and Microsoft go next after the disaster of a launch Redfall had? Will Super Mario Brothers be the best games movie adaptation of all time? Can PlayStation's Gran Turismo movie use Super Mario Brothers Slipstream to pass it? See that? I used some some racing references there. (sighs) All these answers and more on Press X to start Gamers Digest Season 7, Episode 18. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, A.k.a. Ravens. It's almost time. I am joined by Sean M.F. Ross. What does the M.F. stand for? The
1: Mighty Mighty wrist Tones.
0: Oh, OK. OK. I'm liking this uh, string of having the M and F both be silent. Just like our English language. It's
1: confusing. Good night.
0: <laughs> Last up, but not least up. Hey, everyone. It's me, Avery. All right, now you know who we are. Press and Start Gamers Digest is a video that against the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget, though, don't forget before we jump into this, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel and hit the notification bell. Also, you can support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are using. You can also, because that's three also's, rules of three, join the Discord by going to number 2 startcom slash Discord, because our conversations, pretty fun. Check us out. All right, now that we have had that all out of the way, let us jump into the gaming news. Every what happened?
2: Uh, surprisingly a lot. So we'll jump into it with a story from Kat Bailey from IGN. Sony Studio Pixel Opus, best known for Concrete Genie, is shutting down. So this happened relatively quietly on Friday. So this is very something that Sony didn't want publicly in the news cycle over the week. But here we are. Uh, Pixel Opus, their official channels, pretty much tweeted out. uh, Here's their message. Dear friends, our Pixel Opus adventure has come to an end. As we look to new futures, we wanted to say a heartfelt thank you for the millions of passionate players who have supported us and our mission to make beautiful, imaginative games with heart. We are so grateful. Uh, Days before this, people from Pixel Opus sort of like cryptically tweeted like sad stuff going on beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's clear this is something that happened earlier in the week and we just got informed now. Uh, For people who don't know who Pixel Opus are, uh, they were a small studio that Sony debuted with one of their and the game is out right now with Entwined, uh, and then they went and made Concrete Genie, which I will get on the soapbox right now and say is probably one of Sony's hidden gems. Mm. Uh, I publicly made uh, um, a lot of stink about how I think Psychonauts 2 is a PS2 game in all the worst ways. Pixel Opus and Concrete Genie is a PS2 game, but in all the right ways. I see. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm. I can't tell... What that game is a victim of beyond the what I'm going to just assume is the prestige of the PlayStation 5, just not giving it space to breed as a game that has to compete with the likes of an Uncharted and Horizon and God of War. Yeah, Sony gave a response when reached out to by IGN. Uh, and they said PlayStation Studios regularly evaluates its portfolio and status of studio projects to ensure that they meet the organization's short and long-term strategic objectives. As part of the recent review progress, it has been decided that Pixel Opus will close on June 2nd. So that's all the information we got from Sony, and that's all the information we got from Pixel Opus. Uh, how do you guys feel about this?
1: Uh, are they shutting down and, like... Everybody else is just being restructured and moved everywhere or is everybody there out of a job? We have
2: no information about in regards to what is going to happen to the devs. I'm assuming, and this is just me giving a generous read, that hey, I'm Sony, this small studio of about like 10 to 15 people that work in our San Mateo office. We should be able to figure out a way to move those people to other positions within the Sony first party studios so that they maintain uh Legacy between roles, if that makes sense. That's yeah. me being generous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I wanna believe that they are just being reshuffled and they're they're not losing their job because as, as Avery said, this is a small team. I mean, I also want to preference this by saying that like we are in the midst of something of a recession happening where you know we see studios closing down, we see people getting laid off and such, but it's not necessarily I don't think it's that's necessarily the case here. I think if they were actually losing their jobs, the people would actually probably be saying stuff like, "Or oh, we're, we're losing our jobs. Like we need help from Mark." Not necessarily. Kind of thing. They probably can't say too much of nothing right now. I mean, I. It's quite possible. I feel. I feel like there'd be like a Jason Schreier, like thing or something. Well, like if it was Jason
2: Schreier, it would come out after the fact, not well, moments that's true. beforehand.
0: Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm also just trying to hope for the best that like this is just them reshuffling. But in terms of how this affects me, I'm I'm not too surprised by this in that I feel like this is just a result of like PlayStation's prestige strategy right now where they are just kind of shooting for the like really triple A games like the ND slash double or single A games are probably going to come from third parties or it's going to be like maybe this live service stuff that's happening, and it's going to be able to grow into, like, a bigger thing. But I, I just feel like this is this is not super surprising. Also, when did Concrete Genie come out? Concrete Genie came out in 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah, we haven't really heard anything much from this studio.
2: They have been working... Okay, so here is my... Because Pig like I said, it's one of my favorite developers. I right. really love Concrete Genie, so I've been keeping yeah. my eye on what they've been doing. As far as we know, they've been working with Sony Animation on their next game so... Oh, uh, what I'm generally assuming is that whatever was going on, with that Sony animation deal just did not either. They couldn't figure out a game and that kept happening uh, or the relationship with Sony animation just didn't work. And yeah. then the team was left in this weird period of we are a very small double yeah. A team and we can't not even get out a game, get out a prototype of something that Sony likes enough to let us move forward with. If yeah. That makes sense. I'm really, really sad by this. Like, I, yeah. ge- I generally love Concord Genie, generally love Pixel Opus. Uh, I want to see those developers go on and do cool things. So I'm hoping my two hopes are they stay within Sony and like mm-hmm. they are financially left well and So it's just, it's just a disillusion or they stick together, branch out and maybe uh, find work elsewhere. So they can keep making games like Concrete Genie. This also tells me very much that PlayStation is not in the mood to pick up small developers. Yeah. So sure. like for my AB Williams dream vision board of PlayStation Studios that PlayStation could pick up and elevate, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Ember Labs is not one of them. <laughs> like I love Canada, mm-hmm. Bridge of Spirits and I love yeah, that game in yeah. all of its uh craft that went into it. But like if a small team within Playstation can't survive within its current Market, then I'm not sure how Ember Lab could right. survive elsewhere.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. They'd have to pull out something crazy like a, mm-hmm. their version of Horizon, just a massive. Which I
2: don't threat, want. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> I'm, I, not uh, sa- yeah. I'm
1: not saying you want uh, it or not. I'm saying they would have to pull out something crazy different like that.
2: Mm. My thing is, w- w- that is what you're talking about right now is going to lead into a different conversation later on. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, an aside to this is that. Uh, we had an interview from gamesindustry.biz from uh, Herman Holtz. This is an article from the IGN by George Yang. PlayStation's 10 live service games will be from different genres and for different audiences. This is, uh, we've we've already talked about these live service games for a long while now. There's not much in new information within this beyond the headline, but this does indicate what PlayStation's current tenure of their studios is going forward. If you can't make blockbuster games that we can sell consoles with, or going to be building a live service game that we feel confident in uh, for the long haul of investing in, then it's really hard for uh, the current PlayStation to find value in you as a studio. Especially like, as much as I love Concrete Genie, and I saw that game at, early on, I'm like, this game looks super cool, I'm gonna play it. I played it, I got the platinum in it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I am the minority of the people who bought that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, just jumping on the live service comment, or story i am excited to see where this goes and like what games come out you know i'm pretty sure the first thing we're gonna see from this whole live service thing will be the last of us factions thing but i because we we talked about this before and that like you know there's possibility for ghost legends too we have horizon multiplayer thing because we saw a leak from that um I listened to some. Uh, I think listening to a kind of funny podcast. Like Greg had talked about a uh, Fat Princess live service game, yeah, and that's like that's
2: if if it, yeah. the Concrete Genie team is gone.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not even I I I'm a person that would find Fat Princess was fine at best. Like I didn't really it was it was all right for me. But like thinking about that and thinking about that era of PlayStation, I think. There is a possibility of them pulling from, like, somewhere kind of, like, old and, like, kind of using that as their platform to make a live service game. But that kind of mindset is in peril looking at the whole Pixel Opus thing. I'm at a weird place with the 10 live service games, essentially.
2: Uh, For the most part, like, uh, to clarify what Greg and them were talking about, for the most part, ignoring the, like, the Fat Princess thing, is that we're not getting 10 Destinies. We're getting 10 right. games of different quality, different genre. They're all going to have ongoing games of the service capabilities, and as far as I can tell, PlayStation is at least investing in it to see what sticks. I'm just hoping that those studios that they're investing in are allowed to fail and then move on to something different instead of we put all our eggs in this service basket, the game didn't do well, and now you're shit out of luck. Uh, right. But in regards to bringing back old IP, I don't necessarily think they're going to do that. Yeah. I think, like, most of the new studios that they're working with are most of the studios that we newer know are making studios. are newer, newer studios that, like, don't really have a background in any of those uh, games to begin mm-hmm. with, and for the most part, PlayStation didn't own them, so you get into this weird yeah. situation where, like, hey, we, we've given you the IP to make this big game that, if it does well, we only own a percentage of this big game, mm-hmm. of course, the studio. So I don't necessarily think they're going to do that, and then with the Pixel Opus thing, I think they're they're very much in the mindset of letting that old era PlayStation, that Sean Layden era PlayStation, die.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, when I think about it, like, this kind of works well, or I guess the Pixel Opus uh, story works well with the whole Media Malaku thing and, like, them stopping Dreams to work on a different game. And it's just like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. they made enough money to get that next game, whereas Pixel Opus apparently didn't. I think think uh, it's less
2: about them making money and more that PlayStation has more faith in that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. iterate on something and do something new successful.
0: Right. So I I think with the live service thing, the reason why I go to the uh, pulling from an old property is because I think they'll probably have a better time of pulling people in if they're working off of nostalgia versus like, oh, this is a new thing entirely here. Check this out kind of thing. And I I feel like especially when it comes to spending money in live service games, like you want to operate off of nostalgia first because that's going to draw a lot of people in. I think Especially they're doing newer studios as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I think they're doing that with their titles that are actually successful. like, uh,
0: okay. like, yeah, 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 yeah I would. I, w- I would imagine they would pull from the successful titles. For the reason
2: they don't make resistance games is the reason they don't make kill zone games anymore. As much as people want to propine about them, a brand new resistance game that is a live service isn't going to make resistance fans happy. Mm. <laughs> so it's mm. ver- yeah, it's like, yeah, it's an interesting place in PlayStation. Uh, but let's keep on the PlayStation train, this is also from IGN, this is from Adele, I want to say Anchor's Range, uh, I want to say Anchor's Range, but that was just me being weird. Uh, Gran Turismo trailer sees Orlando Bloom, David Harbour turn gamers into racers. So yeah, the trailer for the Gran Turismo film has debuted and uh, it's exactly what they pitched it as. It is a Neil Blomkamp movie starring Orlando Bloom and David Harbour and an unknown young talent. Uh, retelling a relatively true story of a Nissan event that had a Gran Turismo fan become a, I guess, F1 racer.
1: Uh, was it F1? Not F1. I,
2: mm, I just used That's my... That was a, yeah, it's a different one. It's like they,
1: he became a racer. That's all I, like. Yeah. F1 just came into my head when I was thinking about it. That's my bad. <laughs> um, I think it was a group of them, though. It wasn't just one person. It was a whole team in reality. Well, the trailer
2: I'll... does indicate a team, but the trailer focuses yeah. on the singular
0: story of this one. Oh, individual.
1: OK, OK. Yeah, because I followed that loosely
0: back in the day. Oh, I had no idea this even happened. So this is all new information to me. It so. can't be new information. We've talked about this multiple times. Well, no, I mean, mm-hmm. new information in terms of when it first like oh, okay. came up about this person's story. I was like, oh, I you know, I just didn't know about that. I, I, don't, I don't follow this. Like, for me... I think this trailer looks really, really good. It's, it's really impressive. I, I liked a lot of the scenes. Unfortunately, I don't see myself going to theaters for this. Like, this is just not the kind of movie that I'm interested in. So maybe if there's some kind of like, oh, you can stream this on
2: okay, something. That's never going to happen.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, uh, this movie looks good. Like, I think this trailer looks good. It does have the unfortunate thing of this is the entire movie in this trailer, but I think this is a thing that kind of has to sell people harder than traditionally most things. So I think this is a fine trailer. It's very interesting. I want to see what this... Uh, the actor's name is Archie... Fuck. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce his last name without hearing it. So mm-hmm. I'm just The actor's name is Archie and... Uh, I'm interested to see what his performance is going to be like, especially as he's being buoyed with uh, David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, and Diamond Hansu. And shout out to the Spice Girls. Uh, uh, Jerry Holloway is playing his mother, so Ginger Spice uh, is playing his mother in this film. Oh, that's awesome. So shout out to 90s Avery. Uh, You just missed (laughs) her in that trailer. But uh, yeah, the movie looks good. I'm expecting this movie to get anywhere between the 70, mid-70s to mid-80s range. I don't think it has the prestige of what was going into yeah. The Last of Us uh, as a project, but I think this yeah. can be a really fun movie, which in Sony's current landscape is just going to make Turismo a hotter-selling property than it already is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sean, what's your take on the movie? On the trailer? Um... Like you said, or one of you said, uh, I don't know if I would actually go to the theaters to see this just because Gran Turismo is not my jam since, like, the second game or maybe, like, whatever was on. I think Gran Turismo 3 was on PS2. Like, I haven't played Gran Turismo in quite some time just because I'm pretty much off of racing games altogether, but Mm -hmm. bring back Burnout and not that Paradise bullshit. But, um... (laughs) No, I mean, this, this is pretty cool to see it come to fruition, though. The actual kid's name is Jan Mardenborough. He's from Britain. He's a black British young okay. man. And yeah, it's that's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Like my my my
0: racing movies, even though it's not really a racing movie anymore, would be like Fast and Furious like that. That's how I, I like the action. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So uh, let us know, listeners and viewers, like, are you excited for a Gran Turismo? You know, are you if this, this movie has at least fifty percent of
2: the quality of Rush, then it will be a fantastic racing movie. Mm,
0: okay,
2: that's all I'm asking. I'm also asking for Neil Blomkamp to get back in his uh, District Nine bag.
0: Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and yes. And directing
2: this because like he's been doing really cool stuff with Oats, but I'm really interested mm-hmm. in to see him full on directing and like see if he still has the stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there for that movie. Give me a biker
1: boys movie or something.
2: Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> the next story is from gameindustry.biz. This is from uh Jeffrey Rousseau. Uh Super Mario Bros. grosses one billion globally. So we wow. did it. Uh the Super Mario Bros. movie that came out and set the world on fire. Truly set the world on fire. It's made one billion mm-hmm. globally. That is pretty much the most money a video game movie has made probably the most money a video game Same. property has made, but we don't know Same. how HBO translates dollars to cents of, mm-hmm. of their properties. So mm-hmm. like, we can't even really tell, but yeah, this is uh, really cool.
0: Yeah. That's, that's just insane. Like I, I think when we were talking about before the movie came out, I, I think I asked the question like, Oh, is this possible? That this could be like the biggest thing. And then it, the conversation is like, well, you know, last of us is so good. Like, but then, like as Avery said, it's really hard to translate the popularity of the show on HBO into dollars and, and cents like you can just like a movie. But yeah, like it's this is really good. Like it's it's amazing that so many people have watched this movie, but it's also not too surprising to me because it is Mario Brothers, and I feel yeah. like that's reached a level of like sliced bread, essentially. <laughs> so for them to hit one billion, it's like congratulations, like Shigeru Miyamoto and
1: team uh illumination. Yeah, there you go. Like, that's awesome. I feel like uh it got to that because we don't have the same type of media saturation that we do with Sonic. People get to regularly see Sonic. How many Sonic shows have I we had? I don't I don't think that. I, <laughs> I'm saying no, no, no. I feel like this is the first time in a long time people have seen a Mario property outside of video games, so they came to check it out.
2: I think if I'm reading the tea leaves of Hollywood correctly, this movie had no real competition around it. It is a movie that, that- everyone can see. It is a movie that, on paper, just looked amazing. While, like, if you look at the Sonic movie, like, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think the first Sonic movie, I think both Sonic movies are good but not great. And they suffer a lot of the Hollywood influence around them, sort of sapping uh, yeah. away the sonic, the pure sonicness of it. Because like the thing you're talking about when it's Sonic, that only really works if there's a big untapped Sonic market out there
0: that's yeah. beyond
2: video games.
0: Yeah, I'll even go as far as to say that I I think the issue with Sonic is, as Avery said, like the Hollywood influence onto it. And I think the reason why there is a Hollywood influence on it is because Sega just doesn't have that same, like, war chest. Oh, they don't have a cloud they used to, yeah. No, I don't
1: think that. Yeah, exactly. I think,
2: I think I, if I'm being honest, the thing with Sonic is the people who made the Sonic movie are Hollywood people who don't trust Respect video the games.
1: properties. Yeah. So,
2: instead of making a purely Sonic movie, they made uh, Fish Out of Water, Sonic in Our World. Right. They did the Transformers route where this movie's just as much about people as it is about Sonic. Well, the Mario yeah. movies, they're like... Nintendo after the last Mario movie which I, I, will, I will go die on the hill of. I love watching that movie. I'm not going to fight that It's good, but I love watching that movie. Uh, uh, they've already gone through this once before. So yeah. they went into this thing. We don't want you to try and translate Mario to our world. We want you to make our world see Mario. And they did a fundamental yeah. thing. And then yeah. Couple that with word of mouth. You get out there and like everyone's seen this movie. And everyone's saying it's so fun. It's so good. It's Mario. We all know Mario. When you come outside, it's like I had a Sonic movie—it's fun. Like if you weren't the Sonic already and are not a child, you come out of that time movie. You're like, it's a movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: I feel like if Illumination or if if Sega approached Illumination, like, hey, can you make us a Sonic movie? I feel like that movie will be better than the two Sonic movies that we have because I feel like Illumination has the animation chops to essentially bring. I'm gonna say Sonic one, two, three, to life in a way that would be visually appealing to a wide audience. And I, I feel like
1: uh, the Sonic I movie... I think Mario is just more easily accessible unfortunately.
0: I mean it is, I don't,
2: I, but it I don't, also I don't, isn't. It isn't because there have been, to Sean's earlier point, there's like 15 different individual Sonic shows.
0: Yeah, well
1: yeah. That, that I mean like, as I, far I as, like, as the video games, pe- pe- people are going to play the Mario video games. People are not going to sit there and watch all the Sonic shows. They'll throw on a Mario Kart. They'll throw on a Mario Party, Mario Golf, whatever.
2: I think at the end of the day that Mario is a more iconic thing than Sonic. That is just uh, uh, I refuse uneniable. to acknowledge this undeniable, <laughs> undeniable fact. I just think that Sega of America has done a not bad job. Well, actually, bad job because uh, I will fight on this hill that every Sonic game is bad. They've done a poor, they've done a poor job of managing the Sonic franchise. To the point where now we're at uh, the latest game, Sonic Frontiers, which is a game that like doesn't get universal acclaim. It's a game that hardcore Sonic fans are like, "Yes, this is what we want out of Sonic," and most other people yeah. are be like, "This is a, this is definitely another Sonic game." So we'll see.
0: I I, mm-hmm. I look at it as like from day one, Mario had someone guiding that IP, whereas I feel like Sonic. I don't even know who the person who made Sonic is, but like I feel like he might have been guiding that IP from the beginning, but he's definitely not there now. And that's and now just that's just because Sonic lost or Sega lost the war to Nintendo. So, you know, winners take the bag. Speaking of bags, you can take listeners. You can not take our bags. How can I translate this to you hitting Oh uh, Quick aside. Go for uh, it.
2: One of Sonic's traders is Yuji Naka, who is currently in trouble. Uh, I believe oh, yeah. uh, legal trouble for various insider yes. trading, so that's no
1: Because Con-
0: Sonic couldn't support him. That's why. This is what happened when you lose the Blame war. Blame the Sonic you know, team, happened. not him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that, that's a better transition to uh, to, to blaming. You, uh, you know what? Look, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell, okay? There's no there's no segue. There's no me using my words miraculously and, and and coolly. I made that word up. Uh I've lost it. I've lost it. You know, it's a Sunday, guys. The week was long. Um Yeah, and uh don't forget to um write uh, and review us all your favorite podcasting services, because we need that too. Like it's been it's been a long day. Uh, all right. With that being said, let us jump back into the show.
2: Okay. So this week, well, in a, in a weird chain of events, Phil Spencer was uh, scheduled for the kind of funny X cast for this week. Then the CMA stuff happened and then the Redfall stuff happened. And we had a situation where Phil wasn't going on to the X-Cast to, like, pop campaign about all the cool things Xbox is doing. But he was instead going to the Kind of Funny X-Cast to have a real frank talk about the state of Xbox. So, mm-hmm. uh, we got a long-form interview by a Kind of Funny Games uh, by Snowbike. Wow, well, I, I don't even know his real name. So, I'm just going to call him Snowbike Mike, uh, Gary Whitta, and Paris Lilly. Uh, I
0: mean, his name is Mike. I his know his name that. is Mike. I don't know his last name. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always been. Yeah.
2: Uh, so, we got a long form interview with Phil Spencer, which was. This has been the first Phil Spencer interview where I didn't scoff at the PRness of it. This is a Phil Spencer mm. interview where they were asking him real hard questions yeah. about the state of Xbox. Yeah. And even when he had PR answers, he had real, like, human PR answers that I'm like, okay, I can understand this. I can feel this. So, yeah. Did you guys get a chance to watch this interview?
0: I watched a little bit of it. I didn't get to watch all of it yet. Okay.
1: Yeah, hey, I, I, I scrubbed through bits and pieces. I had no real okay. interest. What?
2: I, I, I get that. I get that. No. I was very interested. I also wasn't going to watch it because I assumed that the X cast, No Bike Mike, is going to be a softball kind of a thing where they're like, I can feel, let's talk about the success of Xbox. And like, I look mm. in the first five minutes of the interview and like, it's like Mike asking, I meant, this happened. It sucks. This happened also sucks. How did this happen? And so, Phil had some things to talk about. Uh, I have a rundown here from a uh, recent era member who did a good like write-up of what Phil's response to and the questions they were asked. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through some of them for some choice, uh, what I think are some interesting quotes. They asked him about the CMA stuff. He's like, we're still working on it. Nothing changed. We're full steam ahead. We we're working on 14, and they're currently working on 14 with nine approvals. Uh, he is optimistic about everything going forward. They asked him about Redfall. this is the first time I'm like, okay. Okay, there's, there's some interesting PR stuff going on with this Redfall. Yeah. Phil immediately fell on his sword in regards to the quality of the game as it came out, which I think is admirable as a leader of a company. But there is things that need to be addressed by the Xbox, greater Xbox Studios, in a whole from what he can only like, take
1: so much blame. you saying
2: yes. Yeah, uh, I think first thing first, we sort of learned from this interview that jordan's always talking about how xbox is already relatively hands-off with their studios and things like that and i've never really questioned it but this is sort of phil himself talking about they sort of trusted the arcane team and didn't really give them the help they needed to get this game out i think the most choice interaction here was that he claims that he was shocked at the review scores for Redfall and said it was double digits higher than what it was projected to get internally which to me is like Mm -hmm. a giant red flag
0: So there's some uh, context that because oftentimes when there are like internal reviews like that mock reviews, mock reviews. Yeah, yeah. There's like a check uh, check. There's like a a list of like, okay, look, this is the best build we have right now. Uh, Generally, the idea is like the bugs you run into will be fixed Mm -hmm. by the time it's launched. So there might be a little bit of like kind of like, all right, well, this is an issue. But like, you know, we still have. three months until launch, four months until launch. It'll probably be fixed. So let me not judge this game based off of that and judge this game based off of like my experience that I'm having with the game. So like it's 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 a really hard thing to nail down because you're not you're not going to really know what the state of the game is. So the mock reviews I will say that even though I'm saying this, even though I'm like kind of like giving all yeah, this kind of doing a lot
2: of like massaging to what I'm actually having with this is like the game is reviewing it at 61% Metacritic. So you're saying yeah, it's so double like, digit higher than was that. Like
0: 80? Yeah, like that's like that's really, really high. Like I feel like that's getting high that, on your own supply. I mean, that's possible. I feel like usually that that like that range is maybe like five points or so. Like I feel like that's just, that's just a
1: lot. So I don't know. Why don't they release the game that they were playing that internally scored at 80? And that's
2: why I don't, for me, I don't understand how you, (laughs) I get you talking about how, like, certain bugs and things aren't going to be fixed uh, fundamentally before the game comes out, but to Phil's own credit during his interview, he was like, bugs aside, I think this is a failure of sort of executing a vision. So I'm sitting there going, like, you understand it's a failure of executing a vision, and then you got mock reviews that rated this game high, and then you just look at Redfall ignoring bugs oh, and man. just look at the game they put out and say that was a good execution of a vision. That's why I'm saying that there needs to be sort of some revision to how Xbox sort of works around all their projects. Because that that is incredibly surprising to me. He also clarified that like the issues they're having with Redfall, they're not having with Starfield in that they are taking a bigger hand in like teeing up the Starfield team. Uh that's the one sort of PR answer I'm holding with a grain of salt because like these two games should have been in development toward the exact same time, considering they are both coming out the exact same time. So, I don't understand how one team got the full Xbox Game Studio support and the other team yeah. didn't. If that makes sense, so I, I that's what Pierre Enter kind of want more clarification on, DJ. So I
0: okay, got two things. Uh, the first thing I looked up was to look at what Matt Booty's position is, because <laughs> essentially <laughs> they have to go through him more so. Because he's the head of yes, uh, he's the he's Microsoft yeah, studio.
2: Yeah, he's their Herman Holtz.
0: Right. So in, in, a, in a way, like, this is kind of a failure on him.
2: Yeah. Right? Uh, as okay. far as I can tell... Zenimax operating completely independently within Microsoft It's just Microsoft is just claiming all of their games as first-party studios so as far as I can tell everything that's been happening with Zenimax has been full speed ahead they've been making all the decisions in regards to everything that's going oh. on in that studio and Microsoft has had a hands-off they're like just put these yeah. games on Game Pass situation and okay. so we'll see if that changes going forward it's yeah. one of those things where like I think I mentioned this when Wrestle's reviews came out and they were super bad and I think Jordan pointed this out to us I'm like if this is how you're handling Bethesda, I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. that adding the full might of three publishers that is ABK is probably the best plan of action. If you're
0: Microsoft, that's a good point too. Uh, but yeah. So there, uh, there wait, is the, the other thing that I wanted to say was I am. I'm not sure if you're going to get to this now, but like with all this being said and Redfall being released in this state. I do appreciate Phil coming out and like having this conversation and like talking and stuff because we haven't had any word or anything from arcane. Right. Yeah. So it's like
2: outside of some arcane devs going online uh, in various places and sort of opining how bad they're being treated, like how people are celebrating how bad Redfall is. We haven't really heard anything from arcane proper. So this was literally the arcane haven't had to say anything because Two days after their game came out, the bad reviews, Phil Spencer went on and publicly took the blame for that. One of the things he pointed out is that they're still dedicated to Redfall and that Arcane is going to keep supporting that game going forward. And the 60 FPS that was promised is coming. Uh, Yeah, I'm probably in the mindset that like you get the 60 FPS out and then you just move on and let Arcane do something else. But we'll see in the Game Pass world, ultimately doesn't really matter. Because the game doesn't need to sell; it just needs to be good on your platform and game. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I just, to me, it just feels kind of weird that like the studio that made the game is not necessarily coming out with an apology and just kind of leaving it up to Phil. I mean, it's possible that there is some kind of directive from Phil and Microsoft, you know, higher than them saying like, "Yeah, don't say anything; like, we'll handle it," kind of thing. But overall, this just looks really bad. This looks bad on the whole of Microsoft. This looks bad on arcane this looks bad on Zenimax. Mac. like it's just it's such a mess and i i think there is some you, you look to this and you're like oh well why wasn't it delayed and i think the possibility of like they were just like we can't delay this game anymore like we have to get this that's out one, yeah this i further.
2: think uh, paris asked phil why wasn't this delayed and that's where i brought up the quote about creative vision versus bugs feels like the bugs that are currently in the game were It's a weird thing. I don't necessarily think he said it this way and people are sort of tearing him apart for this, but I don't necessarily mean that. He said the bugs that were currently in the game when it shipped are what they believe is a reasonable bugs to have in this type of game at its release. People are sort of tearing him apart for that. I don't necessarily believe that because guess what? The more expansive games are, the more and more bugs are going to show up and it's going to be harder and harder to deal with that. I know there is a large contingent of people who are like games shouldn't ship with these type of bugs Issues in any way, type, or form. And until we solve late stage capitalism, this is how it's going to work.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is, so is it the bugs or the actual gameplay that's causing it to score low, though? I no, think it both We did
2: equally both. Phil's only yeah, excusing the. Uh, yeah, it's a both situation with this game in that, like, it's got insane bugs that involve, like, mm-hmm. I've seen a video of, like, a boss enemy just getting one shot killed because his AI broke in the middle of a, sort of a arena, so the guy was just able to three shot it in the head and it didn't really do anything, and then I've seen issues of vision where it's, like, I think one of the things that was described of it is, like, every side quest is just a fetch quest, really, and mm-hmm. the game has a really sensitive fast travel, so everything would, uh, most missions are a result of, I got the mission, Fast travel to the place, completing the mission, uh fast travel back to where I got the mission, mission complete. And that's like a yeah. loop that's in all the uh things, which is a failure of its gameplay vision, if that makes sense.
1: Not DMZ being better than Redfall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean DMZ missions are kinda a pain sometimes. But yeah, anyways. I I looking at this, I think my question is, okay, well, what does happen next for Microsoft and Arcane? And it's just like I like the idea of like them. I mean, you know, this isn't gonna break them. Like they're arcane, like they make really good games. This is the only game that's been like a problem. Wolf we'll on Youngblood. Oh, true. Oh wait, that was Arcane? Yep. It was Sam and Machine Games working together. Oh,
1: yikes. Okay. And well, this is Project the Red made good games too. And then Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk. dropped. <laughs> oh, uh well, yeah. We need well, to stop giving a lot of these uh publishers and devs the benefit of the doubt now. Stop. I'm the still stop going pursuing. to give
2: developers the benefit of the doubt if they put out a relatively long, if they have a good thing of quality. Like here's the thing if the next arcane game that comes out, I'm not gonna be like, Oh man, they made Redfall. I'm I'm out. I'm just saying if the next game they make is within the wheelhouse of what they normally make, I'm gonna give them mm-hmm. the one hundred percent benefit of the uh, doubt.
1: A lot bad. of people are going to say that, though. Oh, they made Redfall, I'm out. So, the internet is... Yeah, the well, which, is, which, is
2: you know, which is totally valid. But, like, I'm right. I'm saying that, like, one thing I really loved about Phil's interview, and I'm going to give him props for this, is a conversation they had about taking shots at new IP and new things and that happening. The more people be like, oh, because of X failure, I've no longer giving you the benefit of the doubt, the less chance they have to do new, cool, interesting things and like the failure of Redfall isn't necessarily on Arcane as a whole. I blame a lot of it on ZeniMax and this game being a symptom of their, before we got purchased by Microsoft, being a, we need to figure out how to make all these games profitable, because they're not. If we don't release yeah. Skyrim every four years, our business isn't doing the best. So pretty much everyone in their studios and division pivoted to making games of the service S games, and we got a lot of poor games out of them because of it, uh, and so I put a lot of this on the feet of Xenomax going to the Arcane team, responsible for Dishonored, Prey, and Deathloop and saying, alright, we need you to make a Borderlands. And it's not that a team can't make a Borderlands, it's that if the team isn't passionate about making a Borderlands, the chances of it being up to the quality of what they're normally passionate about is very slim.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a mess. I just, yeah, I'll just be interested to see. You know, and, and I think the next, the next thing everyone looks at is like, okay, well, this release terrible. I mean, you guys say you're 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 helping out um, Bethesda Softworks with um, Skyrim or Skyrim with Starfield, Star- but it's yeah. yeah, but it's just like you guys really better nail Starfield. <laughs>
2: I hope that everything Phil says in this interview is genuine about the relationship mm-hmm. with Starfield and how that game's coming out. Because, like, Redfall's failure has put the utmost, like, burden upon Starfield, more than it already had, in a way that, like, is very disheartening. And I think that's one of the things that scared me the most about this interview, is that at a certain point, Phil pointed out that, like, hey, man, even if Starfield's 11 out of 10, people aren't going to sell their Playstations.
0: Which I'm like... I mean, that's true. That's true. It's a true
2: fact but you have the eternal metrics of that game and you don't think it's an 11 out of 10. That's me reading into it. But like, that's why I'm just a little bit I didn't scared. Read into
0: it that way. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I think what he said is a very like real and honest thing. And I also think it works as a reasoning as to why they need ABK. Because it's just like, yeah, even if we sell this, we're still going to be in third place. That's another thing too. He mentioned that like Microsoft is in third place and it's like, yeah, okay. We, as gamers, we understand that because they yeah, He, he clarified
2: similar. that them fucking up the Xbox One generation pretty much guaranteed that they're going to be in third place going yep. forward because that was a generation where everyone built their digital libraries. So it's a generation where if I jump from PS2 to Xbox 360, I'm like, okay, I have my physical games on my PS2 that consists I'm moving forward with the Xbox games. Xbox original xbox games games only really work on xbox 360 it was a clean shift yep. xbox 360 to xbox one was a generation where we also got that clean shift but then we also were fully digital so everything everyone bought there moved on with them to the next generation so we jumped to the mm-hmm. xbox series x and ps5 generation with all digital libraries i spent thousands of dollars on my playstation 5 and the idea that i would not play playstation games going forward and abandon that yeah. to play xbox games Even ignoring my proclivities, is a weird, far-fetched statement, and Microsoft acknowledges it. It's also sort of the reason why they have the current Game Pass model, in that Mm -hmm. now they've gotten rid of the idea of any form of digital ownership, and their ecosystem exists in this Netflix-esque environment where no one owns games. So There's there's no uh, FOMO of an environment for you to jump in or leave if you jump in and out of the ecosystem. Which I think is interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think the last thing that I wanted to mention was that when it came to uh, Microsoft interacting with Starfield versus not interacting with uh, Redfall, I'm not sure if you'd mentioned it, April, but Phil had said that um, when they purchased um, Bethesda, Redfall was further along than Starfield, so it was actually a lot easier for them to interface with Yeah,
2: I mentioned that, but I also mentioned the fact that both of these games are supposed to come out the exact same time, so what are those development timelines where we got Redfall early in development to now Starfield, which theoretically should be the more expansive game with what they've told us having this current development timeline
0: Right, right. I'm interested Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens
2: Yeah it was a weird week for the Xbox industry, but Phil is super excited for their developer showcase, which uh, is going to be
0: uh, June,
2: uh, June 11th. Yeah, he's okay. super excited for that and uh, things going forward. He said he's played and heard things from studios. He also, Paris uh, called him out on the whole Their last showcase was like everything in the next 12 months, and the majority of those things did not ship in the next 12 months. So it feels like we're also going to work on that messaging. And some of those games that you talked about, we've heard about that have disappeared, uh, you will definitely be showing up here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm also excited for the showcase. Because I think at this point, the only thing Microsoft can do is just impress. Because... They've already done everything else. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, guys, like show us something. They need to come out with straight lava, not hot fire, Fucking Absolutely, lava. Man. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, showing. and they, they have the studios to like,
2: they, yeah, they have the studios.
0: Games. So it's just like, yeah, all right, well, show us what the people have been doing. Like, you know? Yeah. But we'll see.
2: Any other takeaways from the Phil interview?
0: No, not really. I mean, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's so unfortunate that you know they, they booked that interview months ago, and then it just kind of turned out to be this kind of thing. So
2: once again, shout out to kind of funny. This is their pretty much. I think this is their biggest piece of content they've ever released. I think they yeah, even surpassed yeah. their uh, especially their x cast. Yeah, which is one of those things. As a fan of uh, PS, I love you. Uh, I'm like, why why can't that show get the love?
0: I mean, I no <laughs> so think... like.
2: I think I, I, if I'm being legit. I think the current uh, leadership of Xbox is so willing to put the Sims out there and have all their studios talk and interview with people that it's super easy for the X cast to interact with members of the Xbox family more so than it is to uh, interact with the places in audience studios to interact with the places in the audience beyond people that Greg Miller is like, I am close friends with, uh, right. Neil Druckmann and, um, uh, and Cory Barlock. Like, I'm close friends okay, with them. Yeah. Some to interact with them in a way that I can't interact with, like, the heads of Guerrilla or the heads of London Studios in a way that the x half can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that the, the reason why we don't see the same thing for PlayStation is that because PlayStation is very much against having like, speaking heads like that. Like, we know that that's been a thing that they've changed between the generations and between the leadership change, so. I I'm it's not surprising. Like I would love to see one of the like, you know, studio heads pop up on the uh, PS XO no. PSLV, I love you. right? XOX. Yeah, I, love you. yeah. I, know I forgot something in there. So yeah, like I would love to see that, but it, I'm not I'm not holding my breath because I just don't think yeah. the PlayStation right now will do something like that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well uh that has been it for the gaming news. Um before we end this I just want to because we got a little bit of time I just want to give a quick rant to all you people out there playing Marvel Snap y'all thought it was a good idea no not y'all thought if you think it's a good idea to just leave the game at the last turn because you don't want to lose your cubes just take the L I'm tired of ending these games getting like one or four cubes because people just leaving like stop I need the cubes I need to increase my rank Help me out. Take the L. Get these hands. Keep cutting the game, folks. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, that's been it for the cast, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell for this channel and the video. Not in that order. For the video and for the channel. Uh, Don't forget to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services if you are listening and not watching. We appreciate you watching as well, cause that'd be great. Um, yeah, and you know, you join our conversations on our Discord. Press X two star dot com slash Discord. Do that. Do all the things I ask, and we'd be grateful.
2: Uh, DJ, you want to talk about the interview we did the other night?
0: So I was going to do a, a special thing on that, but since Avery had said something, uh, we had special guest Liam Brown to. Join our cast for a conversation about the journey from gaming fan to esports executive. It was an amazing cast. We are going to have it up and you will see it. So I'm going to actually put out a little special thing out for that because I think that will help do some more stuff with that. So, yeah, that's it. It's a great time. As always, we have great times. Hope you have a great time and continue watching our content. Have a good day. Thank you.